Hey guys, Mike here for Hokey Hangover on behalf of the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Former Downtown Blacksburg Business of the Year in 2019, Jeremy Counts and his staff at Main Street Pharmacy have you covered for all of your pharmaceutical needs. Medication, school supplies, you name it. Jeremy and his staff, family-owned business, they got you covered over at Main Street Pharmacy in Downtown Blacksburg. They've been a sponsor of our podcast since the beginning, going on five years now, and there's a reason why. They're extremely extremely reliable. They're good people. They're friends of ours, friends of the podcast. Head on over to Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street, downtown Blacksburg. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, Saturday from 9 to noon. They're closed on Sundays. You can be reached at 540-605-7721. That's Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street in downtown Blacksburg. Hokie Hangover is proud to be sponsored by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand in the United States. Based in Indianapolis, Homefield is committed to creating comfortable and officially licensed apparel featuring vintage college designs. Homefield puts in extra reps for each of the more than 150 colleges they highlight, discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create the best look at your tailgate. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order. Homefield makes online shopping so easy, even I can't screw it up. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order and acquire blue chip apparel from Homefield, an official sponsor of Hokie Hangover. Hey guys, Mike here on behalf of our podcast partner, Vivid Seats. That's right. Hokie Hangover Podcast is partnering with Vivid Seats this football season to provide you with all of your ticketing needs. Hanging to a game at Lane Stadium this fall, need tickets? Check out Vivid Seats. Going to another college football venue this fall? Use Vivid Seats. Checking out a concert venue even? Vivid Seats has you covered there as well. And they got a promo code just for you. That's right. Go to vividseats.com. Use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout. For $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. We can't thank Vivid Seats enough for their partnership this football season. Make sure to check them out. Pokey hangover. Andrew, the moment we've all been waiting for. It's UVA week. I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. I'm looking at the cost of Dublin hotel rooms, cross-checking <laughs> that with the average Virginia Tech salary and seeing whether this is feasible or not. Yeah, this somehow is only like the second or third dumbest thing that's circulated across Virginia Tech Twitter this week. We are now discussing the hypothetical costs of a hypothetical international series game in Dublin on the heels of the announcement that Pittsburgh and Wisconsin will be playing in Dublin in a couple of years, whatever. Okay. I, I, there are merits. If, if you're a Virginia tech fan to see Virginia tech play in Dublin, Ireland, there would be merits to that as a fan and as an avid drinker that there are merits to that is all I will say about this conversation. As a red haired man, who's a Virginia tech fan and an avid drinker, it really checks a lot of boxes for me, but yeah. I think that's a, like, folks, we have 
all off season to do this shit. We really do. And it's coming. (laughs) We are so close. It's not even the bye week. I get it during the bye week. I mean, to be fair, I'm participating. I'm part of the problem. Me too. But Me too. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta take a a look in the mirror and say, maybe we could put this one off. Maybe we could stick a pin in it, table it, circle back in a few weeks on the ride home from Annapolis or something like that. But uh, you know, let, let's tackle the task at hand. I was going to say, there there are certainly more important issues at hand. Uh, number one, this game on Saturday, Virginia Tech kind of goes without saying. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. This is not the first time that this has happened against the team from Charlottesville. Virginia Tech has been in this situation before, uh, pretty recently, within the last five years. They are in this position again. They need to win this game in Charlottesville to make a bowl game against a Virginia team that's really been coming on strong the last few weeks, even if their record is 3-8. and eight. Uh, they've been playing better football. Anthony Calandria really starting to take care of the ball, play a lot better in his second stint as a starter, uh, replacing Tony Musket, who's been hurt. The expectation is that Calandria will probably be starting again on Saturday. I think if it ends up being Tony Musket, that will likely put Virginia Tech in a better position to win. So if Tony Elliott wants to do that, more power to him. Uh, but the expectation is that Anthony Calandria will be making his third consecutive start when the two teams take the field at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon. Andrew, let's start here <clears throat> from the Virginia Tech side of things. Uh, this is a this is the type of game that throughout ACC play, Virginia Tech has won, right? It's a team that has struggles on both sides of the football. They've certainly struggled to be consistent. It's been a very hot and cold team in UVA that the Hokies will be playing on Saturday. Uh, this is the type of team that Virginia Tech has had success against in conference play this year. But on the flip side, the Hokies are coming off of a game at Lane Stadium where, you know, NC State's offense is not phenomenal, and they really made life difficult on the Virginia Tech defense. So entering this game, how confident are you in Virginia Tech's ability defensively to bounce back? Well, you know, Mike, I mean, looking at the big picture view, right? We have a lot of data points going into this one uh, on both sides of the equation. And UVA certainly isn't the best offense that Virginia Tech's defense is going to face all year, but there's high potential there. And, and, you know, I want to focus on Malik Washington a little bit because if there's a transfer portal success story in the ACC this year, that's your guy. Yeah. Did not come in with a lot of hype, you know, multiple year player contributor, but never the guy at Northwestern. And we're talking about some Northwestern teams that were in very down years. I took a look at the two, four, seven transfer ratings at the wide receiver position going into the year and he was like down in the 80s the 70s or the 80s i don't remember the exact number off the top of my head but you know to put that in perspective ali jennings was number eight nationally for wide receiver transfers this isn't a guy that uva expected to come in and be that game-changing receiver but ultimately 
you know, as, as I look at it for Virginia Tech outside of Keon Coleman, and, you know, maybe a, there's going to be a handful of guys that you saw between the Louisville game and the Florida State game that might ring a bell there. But this is the most talented wide receiver that Virginia Tech's going to have to face. Yeah. So, you know, you want your test on that secondary. I don't know if you could really give them a massive passing grade on the other major challenges that they face. They're going to have to pass this one this week if Virginia Tech wants to finish poll eligible. So we've, we've talked about the overall statistics and the numbers against the past and how that might be misleading. I think with Calandria, maybe not the most talented passer in the world, but has shown himself to be capable. Washington brings on the outside. You're going to get your definitive final answer as to where that secondary was in 2023 on Saturday at Scott Stadium. And it's a test I think they'll pass, but it makes me – a little bit nervous. Yeah, I, Washington's a stud. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you mentioned didn't do a ton at Northwestern. Shows up in Charlottesville in the transfer portal. And all of a sudden, you're like, how is Northwestern not throwing him the football? He's got 96 catches this year for over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. He has been right next to Keon Coleman, the best wide receiver in the conference this year. Uh, you know, you can argue talent, skill level, all that stuff. Coleman's a stud. But... Washington's leading the ACC in all these categories, like receiving categories. He's unbelievable. He's really, really good. Uh, Single season UVA receiving record. Out of nowhere, essentially with a with a passing game that's been a re- it's been a revolving door quarterback because Musket's been banged up all year, right? So it's been Musket and Calandria, Musket back in the lineup now. Calandria doesn't matter. He's putting up numbers, right? You kind of liken it to uh, he's he's been kind of quarterback agnostic in terms of the success he's had this year. You kind of liken it to you know, what Mike Evans does in the NFL for the Buccaneers. It doesn't really matter who his quarterback is. He's always going to put up numbers. That's kind of what Washington has proven to be at the ACC level this year. He's been really, really good for UVA. He is the guy that Virginia Tech is obviously going to be focused on in this game. Brent Priority alluded to it. He said, you know, Virginia really schemes everything around Malik Washington trying to get him the football, right? Whether, whether it's handing him the ball off, whether it's getting it to him uh, in in the quick passing game, like whether it be, you know, screen passes, short passes, they try to get it into his hands in space. Uh, but he can also catch a pass down the field too and run by you. He's done a little bit of everything for this UVA offense in the passing game. We are going to get our final answer on Virginia Tech secondary in this game. I 1000% agree with you. I think that's a really good point. I was talking uh, to Joey about this on our ACC pod we recorded last night in regard to Virginia Tech's, you know, a top 10 passing defense in the country. What does that mean, right? They're top 25, they're top 30, I guess. They're just outside the top 25 in total defense entering this game. And a lot of that has to do with how the passing defense has performed statistically this year. How much of that was the fact that teams didn't have to run on Virginia Tech for the first five weeks of the year? You know, how much of that is Virginia Tech's secondary being as good as advertised? I do think the secondary is good against the pass. I do think that they're a top 10, top 15 unit in the country against the pass. I, I believe that. This is your opportunity to prove it, right? This is the true opportunity. Last week, you saw what Brandon Armstrong was able to do, carved you up in the running game, was very efficient throwing the football. Are you able to pass that test now against a similar 
type team in terms of they have one guy they try to just pepper with targets and get the ball to over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Washington is a different receiver than Concepcion, right? Concepcion is kind of like a gadget player, more like a Debo Samuel. Washington, the UVA does similar things with Washington, but Washington is more of a pure wide receiver. This is a real good opportunity here for Virginia Tech's defense to really try to slow down one of the best receivers in the ACC. If they pass that test, I think they win this football game. This is a UVA rushing offense, Andrew, that is not very good. It's it's flat out just not a very good rushing offense. They are not great up front on their offensive line either. Virginia Tech's going to have to slow down the passing game and be focused on slowing down the passing game more than maybe slowing down the run. Like They're not going to line up and beat you with athletes in the running back room in the way that Louisville did, in the way that Florida State did, in the way that Rutgers did. They're not going to do that. This that's They're not built that way. They haven't really run the ball extremely well on anybody. This is very much an Anthony Calandria improvisation game outside the pocket. Can you contain him? Very similar to what we saw when Virginia Tech played Boston College a few weeks ago in terms of the quarterback's ability to get outside the pocket and make some plays. I think Calandria enters this game playing a lot better than Castellanos did entering that BC game. So this gives me a little bit more pause as a Virginia Tech fan, to your point, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, with Calandria, the vibe I've gotten, and I hate to say it, because obviously I don't like UVA very much. He's been a very fun player to watch. He brings almost a, and I'm talking about style, not actual execution. I know what you're going to say. I know JV Johnny say. Manziel. Yeah. Like, yep. it's JV Johnny Manziel out there. And he brings like the moxie and the attitude that almost worries you because of the confidence, but would be extremely gratifying to shut down and shut up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He's definitely improved over the course of the season. And, and quite frankly, like, I don't know, you're probably more cued in than I am. Would you say his value to the offense is on par with Drone's value to Virginia Tech's? I, I mean, I'd say that. I don't know if Tony Elliott would tell you that. <laughs> Like Tony Elliott seems to just be continuing to go back to the well with Tony Musket. Um, like Calandria, this is his, this will be his fourth straight game where he's gotten a lot of playing time. It will be his third consecutive start. Uh, Tony Musket was knocked out in the first series against Georgia tech. Calandria played the rest of that game. He was 21 of 37 for 200 yards, two touchdowns and an interception without really playing in any sort of action since late September. I, this is a high ceiling freshman quarterback. I mean, when you step in after not playing in five or six weeks and you put together a 200 yard stat line, um, I understand you didn't quite complete 60% of your throws, but you put together a 200 yard stat line without getting any first team reps for the better part of a month. <laughs> I mean, and you've seen what he's done the last couple of weeks, Andrew, like in the loss to UVA, 20 of 31 for 314, a touchdown and an interception. 
against Duke, 21 of 30 for 278 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he's he's thrown for nearly 600 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick the last two weeks. Yeah, and maybe it's recency bias because I think the overall resume doesn't necessarily match up with the overall resume in terms of what the transition to drones has brought Virginia Tech. But he's certainly valuable, and he, he's certainly a guy that can be a game changer for them. You know, specifically looking at these games, specifically the last two here in the month of November between the Louisville game uh, you know, and the Duke game. These are, I mean, we saw Louisville's defense, mm-hmm. right? And you, know, you can go, you can pin it on a short week, what have you. But to go for 314 and then really over 400 total yards at the quarterback position, yeah. you factor in the fact that he had almost 90 on the ground, you know, that's something that he did against a defense that made Virginia Tech look hapless. You know, yeah. three points away from the scoring streak coming to an end. I won't tell the joke that we made in the group chat earlier out of, <laughs> out of respect for my friend Tim Thomas. God love him. <laughs> uh, again, Duke's defense has been no slouch. Again, you could make the excuse that I made for Duke going into the game, uh, which was that, and which is why I picked UVA last week. The week where the national media doesn't shut up about your coach leaving for a better job is not a very good week of focus. Yeah. In the locker room and in the building, facilities, what have you. I was not thrown for a loop at all whatsoever that, uh, you know, UVA was able to hang in and ultimately uh, win that football game. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the fact that they won the football game was not because of the lack of Riley Leonard. They put up points on a defense that's been decent all year, mm-hmm. you know, over at Duke. So, yeah, I, I think it just comes down to this being a freaking stomachache game, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia Tech walked in there and took care of UVA like they've taken care of, you know, the other low-tier opponents that have come on the schedule. But I don't even know where I'd rent, just based on recent performances and especially if you can be gracious and throw out the the dud at georgia tech and maybe you can elaborate to me what happened there but uva is hung tight with better competition over the course of you know four of the last five games that virginia tech has really seen all year yeah. or at least seen and succeeded against could be both saw louisville and you know they had a better showing on the road so you know, among the ACC opponents that Virginia Tech has faced, obviously we're going to say that UVA is worse than Florida State, Louisville, and NC State. But in that Boston College, Wake Forest, Pitt, Syracuse group, you know, where your wins are at. Yeah. Where where does UVA fall? I mean, if you ask me this coming out of September, I would have told you that UVA is probably the worst team left on the schedule. If you ask me this now, considering how we've seen Pitt fall off and how we've seen Boston College fall off and how we've seen Syracuse fall off to the point where they fired Dino Babers, you see the way Virginia has played the last few weeks, even though it hasn't always resulted in wins. Obviously, getting that win last week against Duke was huge. Um, you know, But this is a team that's lost three out of the last four games. I think Virginia might, and I'm not, you know, 
I think fans are going to listen to this. They're going to be like, oh, I think, you know, this is a recency bias thing. Yeah, a little bit. Like, Virginia's come in and playing some good football here. And I think out of that group you mentioned, maybe I take Syracuse over UVA. Maybe. But, like, I'd rather play Pitt than Virginia. I'd rather play Boston College than Virginia. I'd rather play Wake than Virginia. (laughs) like UVA UVA is one of the is one of the better ACC teams Virginia Tech has played this year despite their three and eight record I really believe that with the way they've played with Anthony Calandria reinserted in the starting lineup I think they're playing better football right now no and the results show that and you know people can claim the recency bias thing all they want but at the end of the day you know here's an example right I remember Going into, it was either Boston College or Syracuse. I caught a 247 video of, you know, the opponent's 247 team doing a preview. And it was highly suggestive that Syracuse or Boston College or whoever it was, was a much better team than Virginia Tech, explicitly pointing out things that happened to Virginia Tech in the non-con. Well, there is a bigger story than that. Teams, especially teams in rebuilds, which Virginia Tech and Virginia both qualify for, you know, the goal is to finish the season a better football team than you started. Right. And both these football teams are going to be able to claim that regardless of what happens in this game. And to, you know, look at Virginia's loss to Boston College, where Calandria wasn't even playing, and, and point to that, rather than look at, Duke and Louisville and and say this team poses a threat uh, is is foolish and you're just trying to trick yourself right, right. Yeah, now, I, I do think Virginia Tech has the better football team overall uh, you know a lot of similar problems the strengths of Virginia yeah. line up well against the strengths of Virginia Tech for like you know it if this was a team with a 2000 yard rusher, I'd be worried. Right. Of course. But of course, you know, Malik Washington, you hope is a guy that can be neutralized by the secondary. And the same goes for Malachi Fields is a capable wide receiver for them as well. Right. Uh, you don't worry about getting bullied up front on either side. I would give Virginia tech the edge there. Uh, I don't know if they have an answer for drones as a dual threat quarterback. And what do you think? So, I mean, that's kind of where I fall. It's Bishal Tootin had two carries last week. We've hammered that point home. <laughs> like, Virginia Tech didn't run the ball as much as they should have, probably, even though they were down multiple scores. Talked about that a ton on the recap. It's been the subject on social media that, you know, Tootin should have gotten more carries or should have been more involved. We, we're all in agreement there. Virginia is 112th in the country in rushing defense. This is a... Bashel Tootin, Malachi Thomas, Kyron Drones game through and through. Make them stop your rushing attack, which Virginia Tech's rushing attack has been pretty good since Kyron Drones has entered the starting lineup. We all agree. It's been pretty good. And I mean, this it's is the reason that they've won football games. Let's the right. rushing attack has opened up the passing game. It's opened up the passing game. Yeah. So everything runs through those two players. So you talk about the the strength of UVA lining up against the strength of Virginia Tech in terms of the Calandria-Washington combo going up against Virginia Tech secondary with 
you know, strong and Delane and whoever ends up playing back there in the back end, because I know Tech's banged up at safety, right? Stroman and Peoples have been banged up all year. Peoples didn't play a ton last week. Uh, Jalen Jones has been banged up as well. Like they're banged up in the in the back end of the secondary. But Strong's healthy, Delane's healthy. You know, they'll be tasked with trying to slow down Malik Washington. The strengths line up well with UVA strengths. I think Virginia Tech's strengths offensively line up pretty well against UVA's weaknesses in terms of Virginia's inability to consistently stop the run this year. I think if the Hokies commit to running the football in this game, I think they're going to have some success offensively. Uh, this is a game where Virginia's passing defense certainly ranks better than their rushing defense. Their passing defense is not spectacular. I think Virginia Tech's offensive line that has struggled most of the year, um, that's been covered up a bit by the offensive scheme that Bowen has been running for Kyron Drone since he's been in the starting lineup as a quarterback. I think it's covered up some things with Virginia Tech's young offensive line that has struggled, but I do think Virginia Tech's offensive line has the advantage here up front. I agree with you. This is where I think Virginia Tech can get some separation here, right? I think they can get some separation if they are able to commit to the run and run it well, which is what we've seen them do since Drones has entered the starting lineup. This is the this is the part of the football game where I think the Hokies have the greatest advantage. And it's why I do feel good about their chances of winning this game is because I don't think UVA can stop Virginia Tech's rushing attack. I really don't. That is where I think the game will be won for Virginia Tech if they commit to the run and run it well. If they don't, I think you're all of a sudden in a hell game <laughs> with UVA. It's very much, you know, Calandria or bust which if you get the good version of Anthony Calandria where he's extending plays and he's able to, you know, have a low turnover game, life's going to be a little difficult for you, right? Uh, they've proven they could be a little bit explosive in the passing game uh, when he's right and when defenses aren't, aren't committed to playing sound uh, assignment-based football. So I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Hokies attack this game offensively, but I think it's pretty clear they should commit to running the football here. Yeah, I mean, you come out with the Boston College game plan, and I mean, I think that's what gives you the best chance to win. And I think that's what's given Virginia Tech the best chance to win all year. I mean, against Boston College, Virginia Tech ran the football 51 times. Like, Put drones in a situation where, once again, that passing game is opened up for him because they have to think run first. And with the improvements that I think we've seen him make as a passer from obviously like first start against Rutgers to now, it, it, it should be money. Because yeah. again, like, like the football is all about matchups. And for every reason that you just mentioned, Virginia Tech should have a little bit of an inherent edge. And the teams that, you know, even like a North Carolina, right, who UVA was able to beat, you know, uh, Duke, who UVA was able to beat, like totally different style of offensive football than what Virginia Tech has tried to achieve. Right. You know, you had Duke's backup quarterback in there. 
obviously like Drake May is not the mobile threat. That's a pass first offense. And UVA was able to take advantage. And I think run the ball, control the game, and you should be in a good spot. I feel like I've said the same thing for every game preview. But turns out that when that's what's been achieved, when they've been a run-first football team using drones as the Swiss Army knife, they've won games, and they've won them handily, and they've won them against competition that UVA might be better than right now today on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But the margin isn't huge. <laughs> I mean, the re- the reason why the the game plan has been the same is because Virginia Tech, against the ACC schedule they've played this year, like the majority of the conference schedule, the recipe for success has been to run your stuff. <laughs> like, run your stuff. The, the teams that you're playing for a majority of the conference schedule haven't proved to be able to stop it, right? Uh, the exceptions were the three really good to borderline elite defenses on the schedule those three teams have stopped it right but the other the other ones have not like even yeah because again, Tech's- because against because against those three teams though having a just massive athletic difference between their linebackers and the guys they got up front and your offensive line like you know, suddenly the game plan is negated a little bit but that's not the case it's right. not going to be the case. There's no Peyton Wilson. I, I don't see UVA as the team that's going to be terrorizing drones in the backfield every time he drops back to pass and, and just winning those one-on-ones. They haven't shown themselves to do that all year. Right. And even though Virginia Tech leaves a lot to be desired on the offensive line, and that's why it's going to be you know, a 1A priority in the transfer portal two weeks from now, it's, you know, the offensive line should not be the issue. No, not here. Uh, <laughs> if it is, it just kind of solidifies what we already know about that being one of the units that they need to address in the offseason. Virginia, I don't care what happens. They got to address it in the offseason. Got to address it in the offseason, regardless of what happens here. Uh, Virginia does not have... And not a, with Clayton Frady. That, that did not work out as well as we had hoped so far. You know, maybe he contributes next year. I don't know. Uh, Virginia does not have a single rusher over 400 yards this year. They're averaging 3.2 yards per rush as a team. Uh, bad rushing attack. If you get carved up, we've said this with a few of these opponents this year. If you get carved up by this offense, there is legitimately no excuse. There's there's no excuse. It's it's a mediocre at best offensive line and a terrible running team all year. Like if you get carved up here, man. Yikes. That's all. So is this like a would you call this a Wake Forest bad rushing attack? It's Wake Forest comparable. Wake Forest comparable. Yeah. You do not want to be Wake Forest adjacent in that category. No. I'll tell you that much. No. So I mean when again, shouldn't be an issue. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, and Tech has gotten better with this as the season's gone on. You know, it's not the reason they lost to NC State. Uh, you know, the Louisville and Florida State losses are obviously like different category. Just stay disciplined. Don't allow the big play. Even bad rushing attacks can have that one big play. You know, there, right. there is an ACC caliber back, and, and if you you know, don't stay true to your assignments and you don't, what they say, cage the rabbit, 
or whatever yeah. the term that they use. If you're not yeah. gauging the rabbit, you know, that that's a quick seven. And it's not a problem that Virginia Tech has necessarily been totally crippled by, mm-hmm. you know, post-Marshall. But, you know, if you ask me, like, what are ways that this one could get away from Virginia Tech? I, I, I'm not going to pretend like that problem couldn't still show its ugly head. Yeah, I guess that would I I think among the outcomes here, the one I would be most surprised of is if Virginia Tech lost by multiple scores. I think that would be the most surprising result for me. I think Virginia winning close, Virginia Tech winning close and Virginia Tech winning kind of going away by a couple scores. I think those are all more likely than Virginia winning by a lot. It would have to be busts against the rushing defense. Calandria goes stupid and we can't stop him all day. And then offensively, we turn the ball over a bunch, probably. I don't. This is a team that I think Virginia Tech should beat. I mean, we we had the whole five and seven failure discussion earlier this week, and I meant to address this off the top. Uh, midway through the day, we recorded that podcast on Monday night. We posted it shortly after we recorded it. Uh, midway through the day yesterday, our Spotify for podcasters app said that we had 15 listens on that podcast. I was like, that cannot be, that cannot be right. Well, it fixed itself. It, it fixed itself. And that was a very well-received podcast. So I just wanted to thank everybody for, for listening and chiming on social media and being very active uh, with who our is podcast. Our who who, who is our new listener that tweeted at us? What, what was the name like? Oh, this is going to, this is going to bother me. Uh, JB from Queens. JB from Queens. Shout out JB from Queens. I clicked on his profile. It's got a Mets logo in there. Uh, I'm on the same uh, same pain train, JB from Queens, rooting for the Mets in the summer and Virginia Tech in the fall because the Mets don't tend to make it very far into the fall. Uh, so you and me are one and the same. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your wife listening. And to uh, Mount Rushmore listener, Don Tomas, we appreciate it. Uh, you recommending it to your wife's boyfriend yes wife's boyfriend yes he's a big fan apparently yeah thank you thank you don (laughs) thank you don for that hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line let's get into our uh let's get into our acc picks uh this is rivalry week this is obviously a pretty big week across the conference the action gets underway on Friday afternoon because Miami is playing Boston College on a fr- on Black Friday at noon, which Black Friday games for Miami have never gone poorly. Miami is an eight point. Oh, my. It's up to 10. Miami is a 10 point favorite at Boston College. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Miami losers of three straight here, right? Uh, all good competition. The three straight that they lost were Virginia Tech's three ACC losses to this point, and they, they certainly kept those games more competitive than Virginia Tech did. You know, ultimately, I, I'd be really interested to hear what the uh, what the Mario Cristobal conversation is mm-hmm. down in Coral Gables because 
we seem to have the exact same diagnosis that we've had with the canes for the better part of the last two decades right yeah the talent's there the results are not and that speaks to a, a program issue but i don't think those program issues whatever they are are enough to make up for the fact that boston college is just genuinely not a good football team so i will take miami to cover the 10 i am the resident boston college hater but like I'm struggling to find what Miami's motivation is going to be. I mean, at least for Boston College, it's senior day. For Miami, I'm tra- I'm failing to see what the motivation is with a six and five record, two and five in conference play to get up for this game in Chestnut Hill. You're like splitting hairs between the Sun Bowl and like the Pinstripe Bowl or the Fenway Bowl. Like, do Miami's players really care? I I struggle to see them get motivated enough to win this game by a lot i think they win this game by a little give me bc to cover what's bc's motivation it's senior day and they're playing a team with the u on the helmet right that's true the rivalry definitely means more to bc than it does to miami at this point especially in in this day and age yeah Um, it's a signature win for bc because it's miami it's not a signature win for miami if you beat boston college it's like I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if college kids think the same way that I do, but my motivation would be that three and five in the ACC looks a lot better than two and six. Yeah. Like who'd you beat this year? Oh, we beat Miami, Ohio, Bethune, Cookman, and Temple. And then we happened to beat, you know, Texas A&M, Clemson, and Virginia in the process. That was right. our season. Right. What a, I mean, I guess that was the beginning of the end for Jimbo. And that was the moment the questions started really getting asked. I'll say about what's going on in uh in Clemson, but I'll yeah. say. Uh, let's move on. Kentucky traveling to Louisville. Kentucky lost to South Carolina last weekend. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite. Give me Kentucky. Only because I think this is a game where Louisville. Kentucky's got a good rush defense. They're a top twenty rushing defense nationally. Louisville prides themselves on running the football. We haven't seen Jack Plummer in a game where like he absolutely needs to throw the ball to win. I worry a little bit about Louisville's offensive line here. I do think Louisville's a better team. I think they win, but I think Kentucky makes this pretty competitive. So give me uh, Kentucky plus the seven and a half. I will take the future ACC champion Louisville Cardinals to mm. take this one running away. I was thinking I might pick them before Jordan Travis got hurt yeah i am yeah. a i am a firm believer in louisville after what i saw against virginia tech and what i saw against duke the week prior you know quite the bounce back from the massive almost unexplainable disappointment that they had at the stadium formerly known by ricky LeBlue as the ketchup bottle when they lost lost a pit by two scores yeah but yeah no i i I was a big believer in kentucky going into the year i was kind of drinking the kool-aid and uh no longer yeah fair enough they haven't been great so i get it uh speaking of not great (laughs) uh two o'clock on the cw wake forest is traveling to syracuse syracuse is a three-point favorite this game is gross uh syracuse has an interim coach wake forest is very very bad uh, just give me Wake plus the three, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of 
right there with you. I don't know if we've seen a bigger year-to-year drop-off at the quarterback position in the ACC in a long time. Yeah. Then we saw from the transfer of the reins from freaking Sam Hartman to Mitch Griffiths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bad, uh, bad. Turns out that position is pretty important, and you know they lost other guys as well. But chaos in Syracuse. They didn't give Dino Babers enough time. Uh, actually, I'd like to ask you this, Mike, because I don't think we've touched on it. Maybe we have a minute here. Uh, David Hale, ESPN, put out. Like a, a, it was like a mini article within a larger ESPN article pointing to Dino and saying, look, here's where Syracuse was when they hired him. Here's where Syracuse has been over the course of the last two years with Dino. And then pointing to the fact that the circumstances surrounding Syracuse football have actually made it harder to win at Syracuse. And yet he was still putting around a 500 product on the field, which is about twice as good as he inherited. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, you know, the Don Tomases of the world are joking. No, we need more Dino time, but do you think programs like Syracuse at this point are kind of chasing the level of success that at this point, they're never actually going to be able to achieve just given the circumstances surrounding the program? Yeah, like I appreciate the fact that they want to be good at football. I do, but that's always going to be a basketball school. They're never going to get elite college football recruits there, not in this day and age. Uh, We're pretty far removed from Jim Brown and Donovan McNabb, I would say. (laughs) Like they're not going to get the type of recruits I think they want to compete at the level that they aspire to. Uh, I think that you have to have a special kind of coach who's able to run something a little bit different that utilizes the personnel uh that you were able to recruit i think that was the issue with dino like he wanted to run this the spread like a lot of speed on the outside you know a quarterback that's gonna it's like kind of modified art briles air raid that's tough to run at syracuse when you can't get the athletes and he did the most with what he had but it kind of ran a little stale so i I I applaud them for well, and like every good player, you have good players, and they're either going to the pros or they're transferring to Florida State. Especially now, like if you have a good player at a school like Syracuse, they're probably hitting the portal. Like you're going to have to get more competitive in NIL, and I just don't know what their appetite to do that is in football. So, yeah, I they got to get somebody who runs something a little bit different, like maybe run the and option. And you'll get him, and he'll have success, and he'll go to a better school too. Yeah, just. Go run the option or something. Yeah, there's like there's not a lot of Dave Clausens out there who are just like I'm cool where I'm at. Right, right. And even he is like talking about how Notre Dame bought Sam Hartman and all this stuff. He's just I mean that's not. It, I mean that that's not a lie though. No, no no, 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 no. In that very interview that we're talking about, that he doesn't blame Sam at all, and there was a great opportunity to number one go play football at Notre Dame, and number two make a bleep ton of money. Yeah, but yeah, I mean again, that's the circumstances. Right. Florida State traveling to Florida. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite. No Jordan Travis, obviously. Tate Rodemaker is going to be making his first start of the year. Florida starting quarterback Graham Mertz broke his collarbone last week. Uh, and Florida's lost to Missouri. So this is a battle of backup quarterbacks. I'm just going to flat out pick Florida State. 
every so I I get the I I understand people being a little bit hesitant to pick Florida State because they've gotten off to slow starts to some of the games they've played this year against teams that really don't matter. But every time there's been a game on the schedule that's mattered, they've gotten up for that game and they've gotten off to a fast start. Even against Clemson, right? In a game that they had to go to overtime to beat the Tigers, like they were, they got off to a fast start there. Uh, you think about the Duke game. Duke played Florida State tough early, but Florida State got off to a good start in that game, played well offensively. You know, there, there were a couple of fluke plays early that kept Duke in the game. Miami, Florida State got off to a good start. LSU, Florida State got off to a good start. I think Florida State will be fine here. I I worry about Florida's just not very good, man. <laughs> Florida's got some got some serious issues. Even even though I thought they played pretty well at, at Missouri last weekend. Give me Florida State. Yeah, I mean, first of all, from a Florida State perspective, I don't even know what you're doing rolling Jordan Travis out there at all against North Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just me. <laughs> you have a college football playoff appearance you know essentially maybe not as an inevitability because you still would need to beat florida because i don't know if one lost florida is going to the florida state's going to the college football playoff the ACC champion it's neither here nor there but what are you absolutely what are you doing go get your backup reps because now well he got the reps in the game but now you know he's going to need to learn in a hurry but I'll, i'll take the better overall team to be able to make the offensive adjustments required of playing, you know, with your second stringer quicker than, yep. than that of the five win Florida Gators. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Florida, Florida state probably by a couple scores here. with you, uh, Georgia traveling at Georgia tech. <laughs> I mean, Georgia's is a 24 point favorite. Georgia tech should just basically pray that this doesn't get as ugly as it could is where I'm at here. I Georgia is in full war machine mode lately. I don't see how Georgia Tech's competitive here. Yeah, I mean, the only scenario where you feel like Georgia Tech covers Georgia's sleepwalking through this one and they go up big and... Let off the gas. Let off the gas and Kirby Smart doesn't put himself in a situation where you're losing star players right ahead of the before Alabama. Yeah. Before he played due, to, due to injuries. Yeah. So I can see the scenario, but we'll just say that having seen Georgia take care of uh, much better opponents, that Georgia tech probably doesn't stand much of a chance here. Agree. Clemson at South Carolina, Clemson seven and a half point favorite uh, South Carolina can't block anybody up front offensively. Like they can't they, Spencer Rattler's been getting killed all year. Clemson's got a really good front seven. And South Carolina is 90th in the country in rushing defense, and Clemson's been really good running the football over the last month. Give me Clemson. Are we going to have to start having a dialogue, you know, going into next season that if South Carolina doesn't perform? Mm-hmm. Mr. Beamer's yep. going to be on the hot seat. Yep. Uh, if I've learned anything about the, the Southeastern Conference uh, in this particular sport is that uh, patience is not something that they have for yep. their head coaches. Yep. Uh, and this was uh, not a season that met expectations there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I, you know, I, I, as darling uh, as he was just a year ago, it's not hard to imagine a scenario where when Virginia Tech takes on South Carolina at 
Mercedes-Benz down in Atlanta uh, to get things started in 2025. We'll have to start planning our tailgate soon, Mike. But uh, yeah. yep. the Shane Beamer is not the guy on the sidelines. That's going to yeah. come down to next year. I like Clemson uh, for all the reasons you just said, Mike, uh, specifically that it's a defensive-minded team against a team that can't block. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clemson's strengths line up very well against South Carolina's weaknesses on both side of, sides of the ball. So Clemson screwing around and losing this game would be interesting. Carolina, <clears throat> North Carolina. Uh, they're traveling to NC State. So Carolina's not traveling a, very far. They're not traveling far. They're traveling about 15 minutes away. Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. Give me NC State outright favorite bet of the weekend. Love the Wolfpack here. Favorite bet of the weekend. Carolina's thing that they do well is running the football. The thing NC State does really well is stopping it. And in times where Drake May has been forced to throw the ball a lot this year, turned it over a little bit drake may stock go down going into this uh, nfl draft as a result of this season joey and i were kind of having a discussion about this last night i don't know because i i think the offense just in general looks a lot different they're more committed to running the ball with amari and hampton it's just a different looking offense this year so his stats haven't been quite as good uh it's a it's a fair question but I, I mean, I think if he plays well here, I mean, a, a lot of people are going to be watching this game, you know, rivalry, rivalry game against NC State. How'd you perform? Pretty good defense. This will be a good game to put on film for scouts. But give me NC State. Yeah, it definitely is a uh, important game to put on film for the scouts. And if NC State can capture what they've bottled up offensively over the course of the last few weeks, I, I don't see them having a problem. So I'll go with you. If Mike McDaniel says it's the best bet of the weekend, how could I disagree? It doesn't mean it'll hit. I'm just telling you, it's my favorite bet of the weekend. Uh, just need to put that out there. Uh, that brings us to our game, Andrew. Uh, Virginia Tech, of course, playing UVA in Charlottesville at 3.30. Uh, Ricky is not with us. I didn't address this off the top. Ricky's not with us today because he's traveling uh, to Tennessee to his dad's for Thanksgiving. So he's he's in the car driving, couldn't make it today. <laughs> yeah, we went... We went an hour without mentioning why Ricky wasn't here. Right, which Ricky, we miss I, you, buddy. We've we've done this we, we've done this before when uh, either one of us, you know, hasn't been able to make the podcast where we hit record for like fifty minutes and then forget to mention why it's not a three man pod today. Uh, but I'm going to read Ricky's take on this game first. Uh, the Hokies are a three point favorite in Charlottesville. Over under is fifty two and a half. This is the text we received from Ricky LeBlue earlier today. My take on the game, as per usual, the outcome is almost entirely dependent on what version of Virginia Tech shows up. It might be cooler outside, but turn your AC on because we'll be living in hell on Saturday. <laughs> Calandria has just enough moxie. That's a word you used earlier, Andrew. Just enough moxie to win this game. With that said, VT will walk into Charlottesville and get the dub. Strong and Delane should play a big role, and I'm banking on this being Kyron's signature moment of the season. Late fourth quarter drive gets it done, and the Hokies win 30-24. to 24. Ricky is picking Virginia Tech to get to six wins and make a bowl game. Andrew, what say you? I will also pick Virginia Tech to win the football game, though, God damn, am I nervous. Like, yeah. it, it, and partially, you know, we, we've seen this movie so many times before over the course of the last like 10 years where Virginia Tech needs to win 
the UVA game in order to clinch bowl eligibility, which for most of those matchups was keeping the bowl streak alive. It's happened a few times. Yep. Which was very important. And they always found a way to get it done. So at least in this scenario, obviously we all know what happened in 2019. They did not win that game, but Bryce Perkins ain't here. You know, there's a couple, there was a different brand of UVA football. That was a different brand of Virginia tech football, but I think the Hokies had the better overall talent on the roster. The ACC games where they have lost, they have definitively not had the overall more talented roster and where their players stack up better than ours is, you know, offense, defense matchups is where we have the exact response. And really that's just me saying the only player that really scares me is Washington in the past game. So to circle back to the top, if Washington beats us and that leads UVA to victory, maybe we'll know that definitively that pass defense wasn't where we might have thought it was all year. Yep. But I look at Strong and I look at Delane and I don't know what the status of Nasir Peoples is, but Canteen, I've heard rumblings that Canteen's working out there in the back during practice. So take that as you will. But it seems like that might be a more effective plan than Jalen Jones. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the Hokies will be able to respond. Those are NFL caliber guys. All three that I just mentioned. They might not be first round picks. Might not be Kendall Fuller. Right. But those are NFL caliber talents. Some of the few that Virginia Tech currently has on the roster. And I think UVA has one NFL caliber talent. And I'll take those three guys to stop that one. Virginia Tech wins. Uh, I agree with Ricky. Kyron Drones will have a big game, especially on the ground. And uh, yeah, it'll be close. It'll probably be a stomachache. But I'll take Virginia Tech by like four. Yeah, uh, I'm also taking Virginia Tech. I, I think it's close. I think it's a stomachache. I think uh, this will be one of those games where I think Virginia Tech does have the better roster, does have the better team, but I don't think they'll necessarily pull away as easily as they did maybe against Wake and BC. I, I'm welcome. I'm open to be certainly open to being wrong about this, uh, but Clander is playing good football. I do think he'll he'll keep them in the game for a while. I do think he's going to make a back-breaking mistake or two. It's just kind of in his nature. Just because he hasn't done it the last two weeks doesn't mean he won't do it again. He's got 11 touchdowns to seven picks this year, right? Like, he's been he's been making those freshman mistakes. This is a veteran secondary that he's going up against Virginia Tech. And, and more importantly, I think that Virginia Tech's defensive line and linebackers, I think this is a game where they're going to respond while I think they will play better. Uh, get after the quarterback a little bit here and make life miserable on Calandria uh, in the moments later in the game where it matters. I like Virginia Tech to win. I actually like the Hokies to pull away and win this game by like nine or 10. I, I do think they're going to be able to clear a touchdown here. I think they will do it late though, but it'll be kind of like a late score to put it away. Um, but I do think Virginia Tech gets to a bowl game. I just, the, the, what it comes down to to me is I do think Virginia Tech's going to have a lot of success running the football in this game against Virginia's rushing defense. I think the Hokies win this game in the trenches. That's what I'm banking on here. Uh, so give me the Hokies uh, by a little more than a touchdown here. We'll be talking about a bowl game if, if this happens. We'll be I, recapping. I certainly, I certainly hope so. Game. And I, yeah. I hope, Mike, that given the stick and given it's the military where, where we yeah. where we project to end up 
I, I hope I could. I'll go to that game, and I hope I'd see you there too. Yeah, no, I'll, I, it's local to me, and I have I've yet to make a trip to Blacksburg this year. This so it'd be like nice the to, first to make this happen. Year since I've known you, and I've known you for six or seven years now, mm-hmm. that you haven't been able to make it out. Yeah, or did, did you not out, make it out last year? Didn't make it out last year either. Would know it'd be yeah, a newborn. Yeah, I declare Mike McDaniel's not allowed to have any more kids for like five years. <laughs> yeah, I gotta that's get to a game. That's just the law. I, I will I be. I will be in at least att- attendance at least one game in Blacksburg next year. I try to make it at least a couple trips. Bring the yeah. bring the baby. I Jeremy can't. Can. Well, I'll I'll say this: if having a newborn child, and, and anyone who listens to the podcast should probably knows, I don't have any kids. Nothing like that. But if a newborn child can keep Jeremy Counts from getting Down. from Christiansburg to Blacksburg yeah. and getting into Lane Stadium, yeah, uh, then I, I understand maybe it keeping Mike McDaniel from driving five hours. But on that note, shout out to Dr. Jeremy Counts for year number five of sponsoring this podcast. His support is so appreciated. Uh, and I personally appreciate him because his loss in staying home and watching the game from his couch was my gain in sitting in his season tickets and watching them from his seats yes so jeremy Jeremy. i i I truly do love you shout out jeremy uh shout out to you all for listening happy thanksgiving uh enjoy the game if you're making the trip to charlottesville enjoy it uh andrew are you going to be in attendance at this game I will not. Will not. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've ever come across my friend Trash Can Dan. I'm sure you have at some I point. Can't, can't well, Trash Can Dan recently, anyway. Yeah, Trash yeah. Can Dan is getting engaged. So shout out to Trash Can Dan and his fiance Preston, both uh, Virginia Tech alums. But engagement party. I'll be in Clarksville, Virginia. Okay, I'll be watching the game from there. But with a lot of great uh, Hokies. Shout out. Uh, Longtime Mount Rushmore listener Matt Hart. Yes, uh, he he will be there. Yes, That's a shame engagement party as I. So I know I know Matt. Uh, Matt's a good. Looking dude. forward to uh, enjoying the game uh, with those uh, ladies and, and fellas. Uh, every time I've gone to Charlottesville, it's either ended up bad for Virginia Tech or uh, bad for my liver. So we'll, oh, uh, well, those things happen. We'll we'll watch from afar. Those things happen. Fair enough. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking one for a team and not going to Charlottesville where Virginia Tech doesn't win when you're there. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do. I do what I can. You know, as, as a guy for a team that wins like 95% of their games, when you are uh, over, you just kind of got to hang it up. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. We will be back to recap this game, hopefully talking about the Hokies in a bowl game. We'll be back later this weekend to discuss that. Andrew, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Yes. Mr. McDaniel. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. And happy Thanksgiving, Ricky. And happy Thanksgiving, Ricky. And to all of our listeners, of course. Yes, and to all of our listeners. We will be back, hopefully recapping a Virginia Tech win. As always, go Hokies. Go Hokies.